This is New England Public Radio. I'm Susan Kaplan, and this is What's Going On, our look at the news of the week. Joining us today, Mike Dobbs, managing editor of the Reminder Newspapers of Greater Springfield, and Chris Collins, among other things, a columnist for the Greenfield Recorder. Welcome, gentlemen. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Great to be here. So the banter about legalization of marijuana in Massachusetts amped up this week. Senate President Stan Rosenberg had an idea about how to word a potential ballot question for 2016. Meanwhile, he's been walking kind of a fine line on the subject, and this week appeared to show his true opinion to WGBH's Jim Browdy and Marjorie Egan. Are you going to vote for it? I'll see the draft, and then I'll decide. Are you conceptually, do you agree with it? I think people should be allowed to do what they're going to do unless they are going to hurt somebody else. Well, you are, after all, from the Happy Valley. I come from the Happy Valley. First-hand experience The People's Republic of Amherst. Yes, so called by so many. So ballot question, advisory ballot question. One way or another, Chris Collins, will Massachusetts have legalized pot in a couple of years? I think so. I think what Rosenberg is trying to do, actually, is avoid the mess that happened with the medical marijuana question. If you recall, the medical marijuana question was submitted by people who wanted a binding question that would would allow the use of marijuana for medical purposes. Unfortunately, the the question they submitted was a mess, and it took a it, it took over a year. It still hasn't been fully implemented. So I think what Rosenberg is trying to do, and he's been pretty consistent in the times he's spoken with me, is he wants there to be a clean bill. What he wants ideally is the legislature to vote on it. And for the governor to sign it. The governor is not going to sign it. So All right. Well, okay. So not to interrupt, but I'm going to interrupt anyway. Mike, so you weigh in now. Do you think ultimately, no matter how things are worded with the governor not signing the bill, if that were to happen, do you think we're going to end up with marijuana being legalized? I think eventually, yes. I, I think it's unavoidable. Uh, they do have to – I think the biggest roadblock myself is the mess, as Chris alluded to, with the medical, medical marijuana uh, it's it's a complete disaster, uh, you know, and in hindsight, they just should have said to uh, Rite Aid, CVS, and Brooks, hey, we're going to handle this like we handle any other prescription medication. Instead, we've got this uh, system of dispensaries that aren't opened, aren't working, and if people really need it, they can't get it. Well, I mean, so do you think anything will have been learned substantially? I understand you think this is what Stan Rosenberg is trying to avoid, but we've now got parallel things going on. Is there a possibility marijuana will be legalized before the dispensaries are up and running? Well, if the if the people who are proponents of the binding question get their signatures and get it on the ballot, yeah, absolutely. But the problem, once again, as it always is with ballot questions, it's not passage, it's implementation. And if you pass a flawed question, it's going to be that much tougher for the legislature to implement it. Because ultimately, they're the, respon- they're the responsible arm of the government for making this into a workable law. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we're going to turn now to another law enforcement arena. Earlier this week, a Boston man, Usama Rahim, was shot to death by terrorism investigators. And the incidents led to renewed conversation and media coverage of the way terrorist suspects are being watched, sometimes apprehended, and in this case, killed. Here's Iman Iman Abdullah Farouk, who knew Rahim and his family. His mother's a nurse. She's a wonderful woman. His uh, brother's an uh, imam. The other brother is a, uh, a realtor and businessman. So, I mean, his family is a good family. Mike Dobbs, do you think these kinds of scenes are going to become more like business as usual as law enforcement grapples with trying to stop isolated terrorist acts? Unfortunately, I do think that it will become more and more the norm uh, simply because I don't see that there's been uh, 
a real alleviation of the lone terrorists, the um, what's the phrase they're now using, the self-radicalization kind of guy, somebody who's watching YouTube videos and reading stuff on the web and suddenly has that moment in which they say, I want to kill someone in the name of this particular cause. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really afraid that we're going to see a lot more of it. You think so too, Chris? I, uh, unfortunately, yes. I think that you know, if you think about this, after nine eleven, everybody was gung ho about we got to get the terrorists. We got to use you know even suspending elements of the Constitution. We got to find these people and hunt them down. Now you've got people going up and effectively just shooting a guy that they suspect of being a terrorist. I think that the more we get away from who we are as a society, the worse off we are. And I think that I agree with Mike. I think that it's going to become more of well, uh, the rule rather than the exception, and that scares me. Let me ask you this. Do you think the coverage that we in the media give these incidents, and we're running out of time, so be short on your answers, uh, helps or hinders how safe we all feel walking in the streets? I don't think that the coverage in many ways helps. I think the coverage actually encourages people to consider doing things. But on the Wait, other hand— you think the coverage in- encourages the terrorists? Yes, I do. It gives them what they want, ultimately— I which is a, which yeah. is attention. They want their message out, even if it costs them their life. Well, what's the alternative? The alternative is to not view every one of these things as a highlight real moment. And unfortunately, you're not, I don't think you're ever going to get the media to, to buy into that. They want to put eyes on their screens. They want people buying their papers. And as long as these things happen, they'll glorify them. Well, not to point out the obvious, but we are the media and we are talking about this. But I'm going to turn now to another a subject, and we've just got a few minutes again, and it's the fourth anniversary this week of the devastating tornadoes that ransacked Springfield and, and other communities. How would you assess, Mike, the sort of rebuilding and moving on? How are we doing? Uh, I don't think we're doing too badly. And as someone whose house was affected by the tornado, and I live up the hill from WFCR's palatial studios here uh, off of Central Street, we are seeing a lot of positives. Brooking School had its official opening. That's great. We're seeing more and more single-family homes being built on the Central Street corridor. We're seeing a lot of stuff going on. There is still much to be done, though, in terms of redeveloping some of these neighborhoods. Do you think, Chris, that we would have the casino happening if we had not had the tornado? That's an interesting question. I was actually talking about it with a friend of mine who's a big casino supporter about this the other day, and he actually made that point that somehow the casino was some kind of an act of God that, that uh, of course, I don't buy into that. I, you I mean the tornado? The, I mean the tornado. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Fortean slip there. I mean, I think one of the things about this story that makes me nervous is I don't think this is the last one of these things we're going to see. I mean, it was an aberration, and it was a, it was one of those crazy wild weather events. But the way things are going and the extremes we're seeing, I, th- I think Springfield better get ready for more of this stuff to happen. All right. Well, we are actually out of time. So Mike Dobbs of the Reminder Newspapers and Chris Collins, a columnist for the Greenfield Recorder, thanks to both of you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks. And thanks to you for listening to What's Going On. This is New England Public Radio. I'm Susan Kaplan.